Nerds watch Disney podcasts. We watch films and have a blast. Rank them all from first to last. It's our podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dudes Watch Disney bonus episode. We are talking about the first of six cheap films that Disney decided to do in between Bambi and Cinderella. Uh, my name's Jake. I'm Dustin. And uh, yeah, we're going to be a little more relaxed here today. Uh, we discussed at the end of the Bambi episode that uh, what happens next and not so much the big feature link things we were getting before. Uh, Due to some financial issues Disney was having at the time, they basically just released a bunch of uh, not-so-much feature-length films, but animated shorts, collections, things like that. Uh, really feel a little more like Saturday morning cartoons, so, you know, instead of uh, ranking them, being as, you know, hard nose to the grindstone we were being about everything before, now we're just kind of sitting back and watching some cartoons, uh. And each of these, uh, each of these movies we're about to watch, we are watching for the first time. Um, that's true. These are all new to us, so that's nice. But uh, like, yeah, like he was saying, they're not, they're not feature. I mean, I guess they are feature length, but they're made up of tiny parts that right. are not feature length. It's not like a coherent story. There's not a, a fill in that we would track. Sit down and watch one of them. You'll notice the difference right away from what we've previously been talking about. Uh, First one we're sitting down to talk about here is uh, Saludos Amigos is the title. We had to debate several times about how to pronounce that before we started here. I thought this one was going to be about a big salad. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that Seinfeld exactly. episode. Yeah, a really, really big, big salad. salad. Uh, means hello friends, which ah. I figured out before the movie told me. I felt smart about that. But I thought back, I figured I probably saw Saludos on the front of several Mexican uh, like uh, menus <laughs> for restaurants and things like that over the years, so piece that together but yeah it's an interesting film uh before we get into that uh how you doing today i'm all right it's a good day yeah nice saturday good deal everyone knows we recorded this on saturday now <laughs> well, how about that deal with it internet uh yeah it's been interesting uh particularly this week because this podcast is finally officially launched now we're on itunes we're uh super we're excited about yeah, that available to the public you're downloading them yourself now. Yeah, so. um, um, I don't by the for these early episodes we recorded them in uh, you know spring 2016, and so now we're into the summer. It's been a while since we actually said them. Yeah. Plus, since I have very little to do and actually nothing to do with the <laughs> editing process, it's always interesting for me. Like I know we talked for a long time, but what actually made it in and what's like, hey, we burped in the middle of that sentence or whatever. Uh, since we're making since this is a bonus episode anything goes there's a really good fart moment in the end of the Dumbo episode that I'm mad that I cut because it would have been really funny but it's unfortunate maybe if we were in episode like 20 and people knew more about us I would have left it in yeah we're still trying to start our best foot forward yeah also yeah timeline things listening back because I've listened to these a million times editing them and everything Mm -hmm. uh you opened the Dumbo one by saying, like, yeah, it's almost summer. I'm doing really good. <laughs> and it's like, oh, good. We launched it in July the 7th. Like, um, so anyway, uh, we're officially out there now. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Get the downloads right uh, right on your doorstep. Your Slide doorstep. <laughs> yeah, never mind. <laughs> I'm sorry I ruined your joke with my joke. Don't work. But, uh, yeah, so things are pretty exciting Uh and then next up, I gotta edit six of these things to get these guys out to you. But uh, 
Yeah, first one on the list is a, a film called Saludos Amigos. It was released in 1942. What's actually interesting about the film is how it came about. Like, did you do any research into that? Uh, I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. yeah uh, the film uh, covers basically South America, South American culture, things like that. Uh, and the reasons it sort of came about was the, uh, you know, this is 1942. The U.S. is pretty close to entering World War II at the time. I forget I said that. 1942, the U.S., you know, they're they're entering the world, world War II and everything. Like, it's 1942. Uh, world War II is going on. And <laughs> the, uh, the U.S. Department of State actually commissioned a tour of South America for the Disney uh, higher-ups and animators. Uh, basically, the idea was to get sort of the countries in good standing with each other because there were several Latin and South American countries that uh, had close ties with Nazi Germany. So it was like, hey, guys, let's be friends. Here's our Disney studio. Right, and not only that, but then for Disney to go down there and experience it, but then create a movie about those countries that would, uh, you know, I guess, advertise for them back here uh, in the U.S. This, uh, demographically speaking, for the... U.S. population at the time. This is before we got the big immigration boom, uh, boom from uh, Latin boom America. Too. <laughs> I guess so. From Latin America, and so like there probably are a smaller number of people that know a lot about these areas. Where like if you made this movie today, people would be like, "Yeah, we know what a gaucho is." Like right. we got it. But even so, I found this film to be uh, pretty informative. Yeah. So but yeah, they're basically uh, almost. Uh, propaganda is a little strong, but they're government-funded right. films here to right. like, sort of promote. It's like a, a cartoon America. olive branch, you know, like, hey, let's be, let's yeah, be that's a, that's a Mouse. That's an optimistic way of looking at I it guess compared so. to my, like, propaganda. <laughs> well, yeah. But yeah, uh, what's interesting about the film is it's kind of, I mean, it, it's an animated film, but it's kind of like half documentary. So uh, sort of any research or questions I had about the you know, the making of process. It was all very nicely explained to me by watching the film, so I was thought that was useful. It was like having the bonus features turned on, you know, before we even start. Because it shows us clips of the animators like flying over and how they saw they saw various parts of the local culture and wanted to bring that into animation to see them like drawing sketches of it and everything. Yeah. Right, a thing to think about might be if, you know, it's the forties, uh, this is pre-TV, right. uh, if you're going to see these places, you've got to either go there yourself, or maybe you can see a book, but that's not really right. the same. It's like, this is probably the first time most people have seen, you know, what the landscape of South America looks like, what, you know, some of these, you know, just walking down the street in these cities. Um, first time you can experience it. It's not like they had the internet in 1942, obviously. So, yeah, uh, the films basically... Uh, made up of about four different animated shorts, so we might as well jump into the first one here. Uh, well, I guess before the shorts start, you, uh, I mean, we kind of said this, but you see the uh, the live-action bits of the filmmakers going down there and doing the drawings. Uh, they say in the narration that they're going down to find new stars, and I guess they do. They use they find that uh, the parrot, uh, Jose, right, will be in the next movie as well. Right, uh, yeah. Apparently they use him in Disney comic books. He's a big deal in Latin America. Didn't know that. Yeah, the, uh, the first actual short we get is about, uh, basically we get Donald Duck as a tourist, uh, and hilarity ensues from him not knowing the customs and trying to learn about it. Uh, do you ever watch a lot of Disney, like, animated shorts like this growing up? 
Donald, Goofy, anything like that? Uh, maybe just a few. I feel like Donald is a good choice to do this. Like, if you had to pick a Disney character to use, like, you wouldn't want to send Goofy. Like, you hook. They're, on a, they're riding a camel. It's not a camel. It's a llama. You hook. Like, that That would be stupid. That would get annoying. And Mickey. Oh, boy. Like, there's <laughs> a laugh at Mickey in this film, which I did not have a problem with. Right. And so I feel like Donald was the way to go. Like, he's sort of an American. Like, he's the everyman. He's cranky. Yeah. And like... Doesn't, doesn't really understand. Right. So I think that's the one you want to send. Just like if you were going to do this with like Sesame Street, you'd want to send Oscar the Grouch on these things. Like naturally. Yeah, I actually, uh, I watched a lot of these like Disney shorts. Uh, I think from watching that House of Mouse cartoon they had, uh, that was the thing. But, uh, you know, the premise was like, here's all the villains hanging out. But that was just kind of like the frame. Uh, like the framing of the story but then the actual show would be like here's a goofy cartoon where goofy tries to learn how to put together a tv or something and then you know the whole like narrator interaction right i did really enjoy that yeah just we talked before on the on the podcast about how i enjoy narrators especially when they interact with with the characters like this right as a kid i really enjoyed the movie uh george of the jungle that's that's a good sassy narrator yeah same thing in uh that Rocky and Bullwinkle movie they made. Yeah. That's what I, that was my example for that one. But uh, just a sample of the, the narrator humor is like Donald's putting together a boat and narrator says the boat is impervious to practically everything and then Donald immediately breaks it. It's like that's, <laughs> that's basically what you get. Uh, but I found it generally amusing. Uh, not to get too far ahead, but this first piece, I think, is probably my favorite one that we watched uh, in the collection. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say so. Basically, yeah, it's Donald Duck trying out bits of the culture, he's trying to put together, like, the reed boat that they, you know, uh, they show us the boats that the South American people make as out of woven reeds, and then Donald tries to pull them together, and hilarity ensues. And... Uh, along the way, Donald runs into a boy playing the flute, uh, who yeah. has trained a llama to respond to the flute commands. That's true. And then we, most of the rest of the piece is Donald and Llama hijinks. Is uh, is that a real thing? Like, are there llamas that are trained by flutes? Like, it I couldn't tell you. Seems unlikely. Like, I can barely get my dog to sit when I want her to. Like, Maybe if you had one of those little pan flutes they're playing. Perhaps so. I don't know. I didn't learn what the local flutes were called. I'm sure the movie tried to tell me. The narrator has a weird quote about llamas here. He just kind of throws out there, like, this is a normal thing. He says, a llama can make you feel awfully unimportant. Like... <laughs> I don't know what okay. kind of like uh, I don't self confidence issues the narrator has. Yeah. Like, really, llamas make you, you feel insulted by like, a llama. But of course, Donald gets a very stubborn llama. Right, and, uh, he won't go across the bridge like he wants him to. Right. Well, before we get to the bridge, he gets the little uh, flute and starts playing like a jazzy number, which causes the llama to like unwillingly start cutting a rug, <laughs> which I think causes the tension between Donald, Donald so, and yeah. the llama. Donald, of course, has to put on all the traditional garb. Uh, right. We do that several times in this movie. Like you do when you go on vacation. Like right. You go to Hawaii, you wear a Hawaiian shirt. You go to France, you wear a beret, perhaps. And now he's in South America, so he's wearing a poncho and all the... Uh... This is an instance where I was thankful for the sort of documentary styling, explaining how the animators were trying to show all this stuff to the world. Because at first glance, a lot of this stuff seems like st- just like stereotyping the culture. But it's the fact that we get the extra context of here's what this means to them. Now let's use that and 
you know, share it with everybody. It's, right, I feel like they're trying here. Yeah. Um, especially, like, the goofy one. Like, if you took out sort of the context for that, it could feel really, like... We haven't gotten to the goofy short yet, but... He basically covers himself in every, like, Brazilian thing that's possibly possible there. But, uh... Yeah, we get some uh, suspension bridge shenanigans as uh, Donald and Llama try to cross, and the bridge starts falling apart like every animated suspension bridge in the world does. Some more narrator hilarity happens here where Donald's freaking out from the bridge falling apart, and uh, the narrator's like, remember, one should never lose one's temper, which causes Donald to immediately yell, SHUT UP! <laughs> the, does it end with them falling? I, don't, I just wrote, and that's the end of that one. I don't even remember payoff was to any of this. Uh, yeah, I think it does end with at least Donald falling. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, he's a duck in theory. He could fly. That never comes up in this yeah. sort of situation. That's just kind of how it goes. But yeah, basically a goofy little Donald short. Uh, and then that's followed by a goofy little short about a plane. This one felt the least, like, specifically South American. Like, this kind of felt as if we just already had a plane character. I mean, we explained how to create the plane character, so I guess that doesn't really work, but... Yeah. He feels the least unique, but uh, he's a little plane, and he lives with his big dad plane and his big mom plane, and they both get sick, and little plane's got to step up and fly the mail uh, over the big scary mountain, and that's basically our little plot of this one. Right. Uh, his, his dad has a cold, and his mom has high oil pressure, and so they're unable to fly... Right, uh, through like the you do when you're Yeah, through the dangerous mountain pass, um, and so they send little Pedro instead. That's his name. Yeah, his name's Pedro. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he's delivering the mail. I like that he just has the mail like just strapped over one of his wings, like, like you do. It was a pretty cute like plane design, I'd say. Just yeah. very playful looking, rambunctious. What'd you think of the big scary mountain he's got across? I kind of like it. It made me think about the. Uh, the winter warlock from uh, Santa Claus is coming yeah. to town. Yeah. Like the way it's he's kind of introduced to the beginning of the lightning behind him, and like, and even like, oh, I got past him, but I got to get back. You know? Right. Yeah. And he like yeah. hides behind a cloud to get past him. I thought like, it was like some Scooby Doo shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I thought the mountain face was pretty creepy. Not like uh, Snow White Queen in the window creepy <laughs> yet, but you yeah. know, not far off. But uh, Pedro, you know. Uh, Pedro runs into a storm on his way through. Yeah, he just... gets way overconfident on his way back. <laughs> he does. He's just showing off on his yeah. way back. He powers through the storm and he thinks he's got it, but then just when he seems most safe, he runs out of gas and he starts slowly falling back down and then everyone is cut back to mom and dad playing at home thinking he's never coming back and they're crying and watching the skies and all of a sudden he chugs his way back across the water and the this is an instance where the narrator completely fails and obvi- uh, openly refuses to explain how he got back to, to us. He's just like, well, they made it and no one will ever question it. Right, yeah. We don't even have like a perfunctory, like, a wizard did it. Like, we just, <laughs> right. uh, yeah, and somehow he made it back anyway and the end. Right. And the punchline to this is that there was only one piece of mail in the bag, and it was a postcard. And the narrator was like, well, it could have been important. Right. Wah, wah. I don't know. That, it, not exactly uh, groundbreaking stuff yeah. here, but... As you said, this is the least, like, culturally significant yeah. part of the... This felt like it could have fit in anything. 
Right, like they had an idea while they were flying through the mountains, and it is, it's an interesting idea, it works well for a short like this, but where the rest of the movie is clearly trying to promote something about Latin America, this is dead, this could be anywhere, this could be... Right, yeah. they are Latin American mountains, he's flying they, And over. they have names, and right. like it said, Ma, uh, Mama and Papa, or whatever, Right. above the, above the, the, the hangars for each of the planes. Right. And then, yeah, short number three is uh, Goofy. It's our Goofy short. He uh, Goofy is a cowboy from Texas, but now he gets plopped down into uh, an Argentinian rodeo. And the first note I wrote on this one was, I feel like this one's going to be racist. But again, like having the context to it, I think that helped it. Uh, we learned about the Argentinian rodeo and we see like live action clips. And we teach the audience about all the tools of the trade and explain like the big barbecue that's going on and how it's a right. And it's a good way if you're going to talk about a different culture, like maybe to start with something people already know. Like in this case, cowboys. Right. And westerns. This is the '40s. Westerns were very popular uh, at the time. And so you you start with the cowboy, and then you show how. It's not that different from the gaucho, and then you show, right. you know, what he, well, okay, he doesn't have a belt. He wears a whatever it's called. Yeah, I didn't learn any of that, did But I'm sure <laughs> They tried were. to teach us, but I wasn't taking notes on that shit. But I think that's a good way to introduce it, um, if you were going to try to talk about a different culture. Right. And we go through a pretty detailed list of, he puts on his, you know, Argentinian belt, and his botas, and his, uh, right. know, we don't go like detail. Full on Dora the Explorer, like what did he put on right. after you list those things and say them back? Which would be if you really did want us to learn the words, how you would do right. it. You'd have to say the Dora them. method. You would have to say them more than once. But the the punchline at the end of this uh, getting dressed scene was then like, at last he puts on the poncho, which just about covers everything. Mm-hmm. That made me chuckle. We get to meet Goofy's horse. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Bullseye from Toy Story 2. Yeah. Like, kind of just goofy. It's Describing something as goofy probably isn't the best idea in a short that stars goofy, but, uh, you know, he's just loping around, not taking things too seriously. We get clips of Goofy eating uh, some, uh, some barbecue of his own, you know, like meat on swords and slicing off. Yeah, that sounds delicious. It. it does. There's a restaurant like that in Memphis that I went to, and it's really good. There's an ostrich. I don't remember. Yeah, it turns out ostriches uh, don't live in South America. Oh, they just stuck that in there. It is a bird similar to an ostrich. It's not. Uh, it's like in the same family, I guess. I think it's gotcha. called a, a ray or a rhea. I don't know how you say it, but uh, it, it's similar. It's a big bird, like an ostrich. Yeah. Like ostrich. a emu, you know. Yeah, the ostrich scene uh, felt very roadrunnery to me. Like. Goofy getting outsmarted by this uh, big fucking bird, like obvious kind of connections there. But I do like the you know instead of lassoing it like a cowboy would a horse or whatever. Right, he's got the bolas uh-huh, and wrap the that goes around the legs and then they fall over right. and you can get them. And then we get Goofy playing uh, the little Spanish guitar thing. Uh, uh, not a Spanish guitar, I guess it'd be an Argentinian guitar or whatever the fuck. I don't know. <laughs> South American guitar. He gets Milli Vanillied. <laughs> we reveal that, right, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was just lip syncing everything. So that's something they actually <laughs> got in pop culture long before, like a well known instance of that happening, like 50 years later. And as we're listening to this music, we do Goofy does the dance of the farmer's daughter, which gets an excuse to have a horse in a dress, you know, like you do. And I thought that would be weird, but I think in Disney canon, Goofy's like involved with a cow. 
like, uh, well, there's like the, there's a whole like internet debate on is Goofy a dog? Is Goofy a cow? Like he has some cow features. Hmm. I suppose if you look at him just right. Uh, I didn't know that. But what's like uh, Bella Bella May something? I might have made that up. <laughs> what's the cat? There's a cow in the Disney character audience. <laughs> Someone out there, help me on this. Yeah, send us a tweet. It's like Donald has Daisy. And then Goofy has this cow lady who only sometimes shows up because I don't think... You can't call ladies cow. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, fuck, I was going to say bovine, but that's pig. No, no, that's right. Bovine is cow. Porcine is pig. Okay, a bovine lady. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, uh, Goofy sets his butt on fire. That's the end of the shorts. Like, there's a lot of build-up for it. And his butt's on fire. Yeah. I enjoyed the Donald short more than the Goofy one, I think. But, oh, yeah. You know, Goofy was fun. And then uh, now we're showing clips of Rio de Janeiro, which this is an instance of where I think uh, the audience really did need to learn something here because uh, not having television or anything like that, like, no one really knew what city life down there was like. I think a lot of the uh, general population of the U.S. didn't know that there were cities, like skyscrapers. And, and possibly that. may not know that now. Uh, probably, yeah. But so, yeah, for all of its sort of stereotypes we've done earlier in the movie, with the llama and the pan flute and the, like, uh, pastoral life that we got to see in those other shorts, like, this is where you get a very urban environment. Where, right. Hey, there are big cities there, some that are bigger than our you know, several that are bigger than ours. Rio right. is like the third biggest one. Yeah, Rio is enormous. Yeah. So that was pretty neat. Uh, and then we meet our little parrot friend. Yeah. Uh, hey, not Pedro. Jose. Jose. No way, Jose. <laughs> there you go. Jose, the parrot. Uh, we get to see a lot more of him because he was popular enough to sort of get his own sequel, which what, which is what leads to the second film in this series of six that we're going through. But uh, Jose, this last sequence is basically just Jose singing a song while we get a, like a watercolor uh, painting uh, animation sequence kind of going on. Uh, yeah, I know we're not um, giving them scores on each of the different categories for this, uh, since we're just kind of doing a bonus episode, just talking about these, we're not right. trying to rank them. But, uh, you know, if you were going to talk about the visuals for this section, it really was. Um, uh, especially considering this was, you know, not the big budget of the previous uh, Disney releases we've seen. Like, this was, uh, I feel like they did a lot without, probably without as much money to work with. And by the same token, if we wanted to talk about the music, one of the things that we said, I think this was in the intro uh, episode of the podcast, where we talked about how we wanted to sort of trace the way the music style changes from the early ones to the, the latter ones. And this movie is really the first time that we're not just doing like orchestral yeah. uh, classical. We're starting to see like outside influences, we're seeing, which makes sense because that's a whole film right. with an outside influence. And, and so we get, uh, we get the samba, we get all the Latin you know, types of music in this one right same thing in the next one and then as we go further on we start getting more and more jazz which is exciting yeah uh, so but i don't know like you were saying since these aren't they're like they're they're feature length i guess but they're not on the same level as even the shitty ones like dumbo that we didn't care right. for but they're not you know big deals like that and so maybe that's why they're allowed to have more like pop soundtracks to them i don't know because I, I do wonder, like, this is, a, I guess, a weird thing to compare it to, I don't know, but, like, when people first started writing or whatever, 
or at least in Europe, uh, they wrote things in Latin, even like after the fall of the Roman Empire and all that. They had other languages, but they didn't write in those languages. They only wrote in Latin for a long time. And I feel like this is sort of the same thing. Like, there's other musics, music types that are popular, yeah. but we're not using any of them. They were just start or working with what they started with. I guess. Or like, well, this is a movie. You need you need a classical soundtrack. Yeah. This. this is what you got to have. And this, well, it'll be inter- interesting to see if this kind of breaks them out of that barrier. I don't know off the top of my head. Remember the music for things like Cinderella's Next, and then I think Alice. I mean, it, but it makes land. sense for a fairy tale to do a more classical yeah. thing. Um, but we're not also be a fact. You're right. It'll be interesting as we see like a trickle down. Of, right. The, off the top of my head, I'm thinking like Jungle Book before we get jazzier. Right. You know, which I mean, those aren't far off in the timeline. They're like 20 years off, right? Though they're like in the 60s. <laughs> okay, 20 years is like five movies. So <laughs> okay, still, but yeah, timeline wise, right? Okay. Chronologically, they're a ways off. Never mind that. So yeah, this is. This last piece is basically just an excuse to introduce Donald and Jose to each other. Jose kind of marks out over meeting Donald. He's a big fan. And then uh, Donald, the joke is Donald can't keep up with Jose when he starts speaking Portuguese. Uh, right, I do like that. And it continues on in the next movie. Like, lot. <laughs> where uh, Jose will say several sentences in a row in Portuguese. And then right. will say, or as you Americans say, and then say like two words. Right. And like that's, which is kind of funny. Right. Um, uh, also a good way to show like... Hey, let's be friends, two countries. Like, here's your country's bird mascot. Here's our bird mascot. They're friends, so... I know, I guess Jose wasn't really a mascot at this point. Well, but he does have the the colors of the Brazilian flag. True, Uh yeah. And then, yeah, because, like... When uh when we get to three capillaros, the next one, like Jose and Donald are like best buds, so even yeah. though there is a language barrier and they you know kind of struggle at times, so that's pretty neat. The closing of this piece and closing of the film is just like a drawing a bunch of instruments and dancing silhouettes and sort of takes us out through the the ending card, singing about Brazil and dancing, like not a lot else to it. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, that's that's the end of Saludos Amigos. Uh, you got any final thoughts on it? Uh, you know, I don't know that it's something I would just, hey, I'm going to watch yeah. that movie today. Like, I don't think I would want to watch cool. it. It was cool. I enjoyed, you know, I wasn't uh, as bored with it as I thought I would be, and I didn't right. hate it. Like, I hated Dumbo the whole time I watched it. Right. Um, I think because I went in with pretty low expectations. Yeah. But I went in not knowing at all what to expect, so, and then it was like, well, here's a Donald Duck cartoon, and I was like, okay, I'm on board. And then, uh, yeah, I never really got bored by it or anything. Uh, and as as a foreign language teacher, I sort of appreciate the tight spot they were in, like trying to teach culture through the movie. Yeah. Like you want to not just reduce it to stereotypes, right? But at the same time, if you don't use some amount of stereotypes, you won't get very far, right? Right. Like you don't want to say like all Brazilians do this or all all French people do this or whatever. You have an idea of the but you culture wanna, and the yeah. history and the values and right. And so and also like. Let's learn about the gaucho. Like that's an interesting thing, right? But just but not every uh, Argentinian is a gaucho in the same way. Right. Not American. Not every American is cowboy. Right. Right. Like, uh, I think this film balanced that well by right. showing the city life and stuff too. Talking about teaching foreign language, like this reminded me of being in like Spanish class and shit in junior high, and this was more interesting and educational, I think, than a lot of the like let's learn about this culture like videos we had to watch in. 
in those kind of classes. So maybe it's just because the vehicle they had to do that was and like I, Donald Duck instead of kids yeah. who can't act. And I don't think it came off as too condescending. Like if they made it now and this was how they made it, it would be a little bit condescending. Yeah. Maybe. There's a, there's a little like blanket of this was made like 70 years ago. So Right, and for a population that looked demographically very different than the way America looks today, there's fewer... You know, Hispanics uh, right, yeah. around in the U.S. in the 40s. And so this is a culture that doesn't probably know anything about anything south of Texas, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, I, I'd recommend watching this over watching what we're about to discuss. but Because uh, this, you get a lot more of the education, I think, and not as much like goofy dance scenes and <laughs> what we devolve into from this but uh although i wrote much more about the jews now the next one is also longer that could yeah be a bit uh, so yeah i guess we'll uh we'll close on salados amigos here this will actually be uh sayonara amigos that's japanese <laughs> yeah <laughs> adios adios amigos hasta luego if you want to say see you later. i really couldn't have blown that any harder i was excited sayonara yeah <laughs> And then we'll, uh, yeah, might as well jump right into Three Caballeros. A couple years later, right? Yeah, 1944. The last one was 42, I think, I wrote down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. You can see it from there. Good. But yeah, basically, uh, because Saludos Amigos was successful, this sort of came about, uh, and they wanted to run with the Jose Parrot character a little more, give him a little more of a feature role, and then they also wanted to cover uh, Mexico to some extent, as well as uh, you know Chile, Argentina, Brazil, like we covered before. Uh, so they introduced a third bird. His name is yeah, I didn't catch his name either. <laughs> so I just know I'm going to see a name jump out at me somewhere. Uh, Panchito. Panchito. Okay, I didn't ever learn that then. So his name is Panchito, he's a rooster, and uh, yeah, so then we got, now it's a little more of like a, a cast of characters, a little more marketable, rooster, parrot, Donald Duck, I imagine that was their thought process for it. But, uh, from the opening credits of this one, it feels more like a, a normal Disney movie, you've got the sort of the main theme, you've got the mm-hmm. big choir singing, uh, which also the yeah. song works much better with just the three characters singing it than it does with the choir. But yeah. for an introduction to the movie for over the opening credits, it's nice. Yeah, we mentioned a couple times having uh, a tape of sing along songs as a kid, and the Three Caballeros was on that. Mm-hmm. And that's how I've always had like some vague memory of this movie, and despite never seeing the full thing. Right. But the other one, while it's informative, Saludos Amigos, while it's informative, uh, can be a bit slow, a little dull. Um, it has music, but I don't feel like the music is very exciting in any of it. But like from yeah. the opening credits to this, it's upbeat, it's yeah. fun. But uh, yeah, sort of the uh, the framework for this film is uh, it's Donald Duck's birthday. And uh, oh, he got him something. Yeah, he's opening up his presents. And his presents are films originally, and then it sort of branches off from there. Which uh, sort of is, sort of leads to the start of the film it being a bit different from where it ends up. Like... Because we get, I think, two like animated shorts like we saw at the beginning of the last film, and then it just branches off into something completely different. Right. The Disney ass fixation is alive and well here. Like when Donald first hooks up his film strip and begins playing it, it is, of course, showing on his ass rather than on the screen, and he has to move it. Yeah. I mean, that's, kind of, that's comedy for you. Yeah. <laughs> Keep doing butts. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the uh, 
first animated piece we get is a a short about a penguin named Pablo. Right. This feels like a children's book right away. Like Pablo yeah. the really cold penguin. So yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, I can relate. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's I like kind it. of what all children's books are, right? The one who doesn't really fit in. Like, right. This one has a very uh, Island of Misfit Toys feel at the beginning. I I'd think. say so, yeah. The Pablo is just way too cold. He's uh, bundling up. He's got a big stove that he heats himself up with. Doesn't fit in with the rest of the penguins. Yeah, he specifically warms his ass with it. We're going to stick with the Disney. That's true fixation there uh and then he basically i think he's looking at like tourists uh flyers and things like that wants to go to the islands he wants to go to a warmer climate and basically makes himself a boat made of ice right before that though he tries to like walk there and he doesn't want to get cold on the way so he straps his stove to his back and tries to walk that way doesn't make it very far as soon as he climbs a hill he goes sliding back down but then yeah that leads to let's build a boat out of just a block of ice that he has, and he has, like, an ice sail on it, too, I think. Yeah, only, originally, he tries to go off several times, like we said before, he tried to walk off a few times, and when he first tried to, all of his friends gathered around and yeah, saw him off, and each that. time he tries to leave again, there's fewer and fewer people, and the last time he goes on his boat, it's, it's just like, guy, one really dopey yeah. one friend. He doesn't have a lot going on. Yeah. But yeah, and he uh, he sets sail for warmer climates. He's one determined penguin here. Right. Now the thing he's sailing on is just a block of ice. Like all he did was chop out there, you know, cut out a hunk of ice and try to float on that, which he does all the way up the coast of South America. Right. He makes it to the equator. He can't cross the equator because the equator is apparently a solid physical line. You can't cross. <laughs> it's also from Neptune right. randomly. Uh, you said Island Misfits toys. Uh, this made me feel a lot more like I was watching Animaniacs for some reason. Yeah, it's like sort of goofy little cartoon and like random visual gags. True. Was that a Robinson Crusoe cameo? Yeah. Uh, it just felt kind of strange. So even though the ice chunk has made it all the way to the equator, that's when it melts. Fine. <laughs> when it gets close to the Galapagos, that's when it all falls apart. Right. And so he takes refuge in his shower, which was, you know, bathtub shower which was on the boat with him, obviously. It makes a cool little uh, jet boat there. Yeah, because like, uh, he jumps in it, but then water's coming in through the drain in the tub, so he breaks off the shower head and sticks that in the drain, which causes the water to come up through the shower spout and become like a motorboat. I thought that was a pretty funny animation there. And it propels him forward, and he makes it to the island, uh, and only there realizes that he misses the South Pole. He's... You know, misses his friends, misses his home, and the grass is always greener. That's basically the, the end of the bit. Yeah, it was okay. I think penguins are cute, so, you know. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, probably this one, much like the last one, I think this might be the short that we like best. Uh, I don't know. Probably. Because <laughs> things take a turn later. It does get kind of weird at the but, end. Yeah. Uh, and then we get another short after this. This one is in the Andes. Uh we get to meet some silly birds. Uh, there's a bird with a pompadour. There's a bird with like a scissor beak and one with a hook beak. And we randomly discuss some toucan sexual problems. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of weird. Yeah. And then we meet this Woody Woodpecker looking motherfucker that is just annoying on all levels. <laughs> the, I mean, that's kind of the point. Like the narrator is talking about how he's got a really elaborate and shrill like mating cry, which we get to hear him do several times throughout. And basically, anytime something's going on, this guy shows up, like, in the corner and messes with it. We just, in his introduction, we get to see, you know, birds building a really tall test, uh, a really tall nest, and then, obviously,
obviously this guy comes up and knocks over the big Jenga tapper that they made. Right. He's just the worst. Yeah. We didn't talk about this, but in the first short, the narrator was uh, Sterling Holloway, yeah. as we mentioned before, That's sort true. of our, Winnie the our favorite. Yeah. I enjoy them. He pops up uh, again and again. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the narrator of this story was, but uh, he uh, keeps getting distracted. He tries to introduce us after we get away from the birds. We're moving to uh, a story about a donkey that can fly, and he's uh, the narrator's trying to introduce us to it, but the joke is he keeps like getting distracted by something else happening on screen and then talking about that instead. Yeah, I, I thought that was fun. You know, it's different. Again, mentioned several times now that I enjoy a narrator. <laughs> just any narrator this is my, humor. But this is my favorite type of narrator. Like, just self-involved and right. distracted. And so well, he teaches us about Little Gauchito. Yeah, Little Gauchito is him as a kid. Right. So that kind of fits. Uh, but he's a kid that's going to go hunting. Uh that sees hunting for condors, but instead he finds a flying donkey. And I wrote down this donkey already has more character than Dumbo did. We're ranking flying Disney characters. Yeah, yeah this donkey is awesome. Yeah. Little boy is awesome. This could have been, if you stretched this out and made it a full-length movie movie and kept that narrator the whole way, I would watch the shit out of it. would <laughs> be pretty interesting. Uh, yeah, the boy pounces on the donkey and captures him. And then uh, he's got a little donkey pet that he flies. He has him on a leash, but he flies it around like a kite. You know, because the donkey's flying through the air and everything. Right. But he's well-trained. When the boy says it's time for bed, the donkey comes down, lays yeah. it down, too. And the idea is he wants to use the donkey to get rich. Uh, right. Uh, keep hustling, little boy. Right. Because <laughs> there's a, a festival coming to town, which, you know, again, we get to learn about, uh, you know, South American festival and sort of get to see things we saw documentary clips of in the previous movie sort of applied into a cartoon. So it's kind of a good way to bridge the two. Uh but there is a race at this uh, festival, and that's how he wants to wants to make his money. He knows he can use this flying donkey to beat all the horses that are uh, in the race. So. Right, but he's got his hustle down just right, though. He doesn't, you know, he makes it look like he's not going to have any chance of winning. He doesn't let the sure. donkey fly right away. He tries to, you know, make sure the guys think, the other guys think they're going to win. Then he releases the... The right. Well, I mean, he lets the competitors all laugh at him for showing up on the donkey. Right, like he's, he's hustling them from the beginning. Right. Horses all take off and they're just a big dust cloud or like goofy animation uh, mm-hmm. throughout the whole time. And then boy and the donkey are left behind. Finally, the, you know, he's got to untie the wings and he's not, doesn't look like he's going to make it in time, all that kind of stuff. And then he finally does and the donkey flies him and he wins the race. And then he's just about to grab the monkey, but the donkey keeps on flying and drags him away. And then uh, it ends with them be like the narrator says, and then they're never seen again, which was a really random line to end it on, especially right. when he's the narrator. Yeah. So, never seen again. Actually, I'm it. Right. This is like sort it's of a question mark. Ending. Right. This is like on the office when Prison Mike is talking to the rest of the, the group and yeah, trying to never talk me neither. <laughs> well, well, you went to prison, so <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, and then yeah, that's the end of that one, and then. Now we're back with Donald again, and he's opening another present, and the present turns out to be the parrots. Uh, Jose, he's back, and he's here to talk about a place called Bahia. Starts singing a little song about the place, uh, trying to introduce Donald to it. He's got a cool superpower where he can split himself into multiple people and yeah, sing in harmony with himself. Yeah. Uh, one of the X-Men, I think, can do that. <laughs> Multiple man. I wrote it in my notes, but then I decided it was too nerdy. <laughs> well, I was going to try to back off on it. It's like, one of the X-Men. I only know it from X-Men Legends. So. But, 
Yeah, I wrote down this guy's actual mutant power was uh, he, he sings songs that cause me to stop paying attention to what's happening. Because so, that's what happened in the last movie, too, with the Brazil song. But uh, it's, I don't know, it's not a good sign when I'm 20 minutes into the movie and I'm kind of done with the music when the rest of the movie is all music. Right. It kind of just felt like we picked some like Ricky Ricardo love song and just animated that for five right. or six Right, initially it's a very slow, pretty song and then yeah. it uh, becomes more upbeat. Yeah, we start dancing the samba and uh, over the course of the song, the parent guy asks Donald a million fucking times if he's ever been to Bahia and eventually Donald gets fed up and asks him if he's ever been to Bahia and the joke is that he hasn't. <laughs> Many laws are had, and then uh, now we're going. Uh, we go to Bahia, and we meet this girl named Haha Yaya. I don't remember. Uh, before we go, though, <laughs> like to get there, they go into a book and take some sort of like uh, chalk train to yeah. get to Brazil. And the asshole bird shows up to try to mess up the train. Right, and then we get to our live action animation yeah. weird thing. I didn't see this coming. Yeah, it's it's very trippy, and there's a there's a cookie girl. Yeah, and original like, I will say the animation gets better, but like the first few clips they showed would like the idea is animated characters interacting with live action people, and it's it's not as like seamless as we get in Mary Poppins and stuff, you know, ten or fifteen years later, but. Uh, like the first thing they show, it literally looked like they just filmed this woman dancing in front of a projector screen of the film. Right. And it got it got better as it went on, but I was nervous at first. <laughs> so yeah, so the girl is surrounded by all these dudes, which makes Donald very angry. He right. Obviously, decided right away. Basically, that's his girlfriend. The plot of the rest of this movie is Donald's in love with someone. <laughs> yeah, Donald Duck, very horny. Yeah. Like. I know that's a thing on the internet, I'm sure, but the rule, whichever, I don't, I'm not good at the internet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this woman's sort of, uh, she's got a lot of gentleman callers that all are dressed like Waldo. <laughs> They're all uh, dancing around with her, trying to win her affections, which upsets Donald. And yeah, so Jose notices his friend is upset and says, hey, yeah, take it easy, man. Then gives him a giant mallet. Like, <laughs> mixed message that is. Hey, take it easy. It's not a big deal. Wait, here's the hammer. Go bash him in. Right. Uh, yeah, I can kind of see uh, looking into this before like doing some research. Uh, I saw where a lot of critics found the film to be gimmicky and also uh, which we'll see in the next four or five shorts that are all basically what we're getting here. Uh, but also some critics saying like the whole Donald sexual thing was very uh, over the top and it was a weird message, and uh, it's the, the majority of the film. If it so. had just been this section, I don't think it would have been too bad. Like, right. when it gets to the end, and he's like, with the, well, we'll talk about it when we get there, but right. that gets to be too much. We uh, just see birds doing a weird, like, humping dance <laughs> during this. So he gets his kiss, and I wrote down, Donald gets kiss and trips balls, uh, because then it gets even trippier, there's dancing instruments, uh, the men go back the and forth. The guys, like, turn into, like, a literal cockfight. Like, yeah. Super like, they morph back and forth, which is yeah. a cool visual of, it like, is. they're people, now they're animated, now they're chickens, now they're people again. <laughs> it felt a little like, uh, the scene in Bambi where, uh, like, Bambi starts fighting the guy and the colors go all fucking weird out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah, that happens, and then we dance through the city, and... I wrote down, I feel like this dance party has been going on for like 20 minutes now. Yeah, so. it, did, it did drag a little. Yeah. So then they get out of the book. They're still small, though, which right. causes Donald to say, 
oh, I'm a midget, which I don't think uh, would happen anymore. Probably not. But, then, but uh, Jose shows him how to do a weird dancing chant thing to make himself big, which Donald naturally fucks up and blows up his hand to be big because he's blowing on the wrong finger. And then he gets... <laughs> He blows himself into a bunch of silly balloon shapes. Yeah. Just ridiculous. Yeah, but he eventually gets big, and then we get uh, the soundtrack from Fantasia again, the little visual wave bar mm-hmm. thing uh, that Donald, you know, we're playing music again. We get to see it interact to the, the volume changing. Yeah. and We get to see the Windows Media Player. Basically. <laughs> but Donald's in the little wave bar now, so... Uh, yeah, then we finally get to open up uh, another present, and this is where we get to see the rooster friend from Mexico, whose name is Panchito. <laughs> okay, you remembered. I was a test. Yeah. Uh, Panchito. I called him Mexican Yosemite I Sam. I did in my notes, too, which Woo-hoo! is great. Like, we watch these things uh, independent from each other. We right. don't talk about them until we talk about them on the show, uh, but he has in his notes something about Yosemite Sam, and I've got them in my own notes as well. Well, I mean, he shows up with two guns, and me is like, <laughs> Right, yeah. Like, and this felt a little less like we are showing the proper culture and explaining the context of it, and a lot yeah. more stereotype. But fun stereotype. I he's a fun like, character. Yeah. And he's got extra sombreros for all his <laughs> friends. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'd hang out with him. Yeah. And then we sing the Three Caballeros song, and uh, I remember this whole sequence pretty well from watching it as a kid. Fun lines like, we sing and we samba, we shout, ay caramba! Right? Yeah. It's, it's exactly what you expect. And they're going to be united no matter what, unless some really good-looking woman comes around, <laughs> right. and then it's every man for himself. Right. Right. Yeah, it's fun. Um, and then he brings a gift to Donald, and his gift is a piñata, but he does explain the context of it and explains Mexican Christmas traditions. And this yeah, felt, that was cool. Yeah. yeah, this felt like it had a purpose. Like, it wasn't just a dance number like everything else. And but, then uh, for instance, where we had all this uh, Latin music before, we get a straight-up jazz uh, section here where they, they dance around to some jazz music mm-hmm. before they uh, go to the beach. Yep, that happens. We go on, like, a flying carpet, and Donald chases some women, and that's how that happens. Yeah, very, very creepy. And, like, yeah. the women seem okay with it at first, and then it just gets weird. Yeah. Yeah, all of it is weird. <laughs> uh, we do learn a little bit because they're trying to explain like the history of the Mexican flag and what it represents. I never knew the flag was an eagle eating a serpent. Oh, that's I learned a thing. That's, yeah, that's, that is cool. Yeah, yeah. That's built your capital wherever you see the eagle eating the serpent. It was in a lake, and then they had to they had to build up around it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, chasing women at the beach, and then. Yeah, we basically, because uh, where we're at now is Veracruz, and we're learning about their dancing traditions, and then the next scene is like, let's go to Acapulco, and it's like, how do they dance in Acapulco? And Donald scopes out some more bikini-clad women, and then, yeah, they're on just a, uh, keeps on going. Flying serapi that they take from uh, place to place. Yep. Like a magic carpet. Basically, yeah. And then we get, are we to the final one now? They all kind of blend together at this point. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the last thing I wrote down. So. <laughs> well, this is when we get to the really drug trippy one. Uh, Go to beach hit on chicks is the last <laughs> thing I wrote. Well, I, like this whole like second half of the movie could pretty much be summarized by like a pretty lady sings a song in a different language. Like that's, true, yeah. And I can only take so much of that before I'm not paying attention. So 
take that, pretty women. <laughs> yeah. Sing in English, damn it. Uh, <laughs> can't do more than sing to entertain Jake. Right. So it's a woman singing, and we see, like, Donald Duck's head in a flower, like, making, like, I'm in love faces. And that's... Yeah. That's yeah. really the whole thing. Like, it's not meant to be anything more than just visual stimulus. Like, it's not a story. And then we finally end with, like, uh, it gets a lot more intense, and it's basically the birds fucking around, and Donald wears a bull costume, and we shoot fireworks at each other, and that's about the end of the movie. That's the three caballeros. Uh, holy shit, did it get boring in the second half. Yeah, it did. It started exciting. And, or not exciting, but interesting, you know, and then really because I enjoyed the, the penguin, I enjoyed Gauchito, right. those were fun, and then yeesh. Yeah, I guess from knowing the song and that that whole section uh, from watching it growing up, I thought maybe this film would be like, you know, it's the plot of Donald and uh, Panchito and Jose are all... You know, maybe they're musicians or they're stage performers or something and they're trying to make it and it would be a full length plot about them being friends and working together and yeah I really wanted that's what it felt like but as I watched it I really wanted to just watch Three Amigos instead yeah um, I haven't seen that in a long time <laughs> I have Donald and Pachita sing My Little Buttercup instead that'd be great yeah uh, man I don't know it's just a lot of a lot of Latin women dancing like what else is there to it and if you found a way to make that boring, then that's Seriously. how much we're mad. And there's not Disney, as, it's like, not as informative as Salados Amigos was. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of, maybe they thought kids would be interested, but kids are going to be less interested in the live action than they are Donald Duck hijinks. So. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Furby dads? Maybe that's what <laughs> they're going for? I don't know. Was this, I mean, not to put you on the spot on something you won't know, but <laughs> was this like their first time of trying to blend animation and live action, I wonder? I mean, they did. Because we get a lot more of that later with Mary Poppins and well, they did Pete's Dragon. Saludos Amigos a couple years before, right? Because the beginning of it. Well, did they? They, just yeah, they didn't have like superimpose them. Oh, okay. There was a bit in Fantasia, when it, but it was like so well, Mickey, well, Mickey talking to the. Yeah, but it was just so wet, I think. So I don't know if it maybe it was something they were playing with, which a lot of it's pretty crazy detailed towards the end, especially. Yeah. And it's. So they had the skills to pay the bills there, but uh, I don't know. Not a lot else going on. It's like they had one pervy guy on the writing team and like <laughs> just kept listening to him. Like, yeah, and then Donald tries to get next to the naked girls. <laughs> like, okay. Well, maybe and, you know we're still trying to bridge the two like the multiple countries here. Uh, you know, maybe they thought this is what the the South American, Latin American audiences are really going to be into is going to be dance numbers and things like that. Could be. So maybe that was the idea. But Dance numbers, I get. It's the weird, like, hey, we got a dance number. We're going to teach you something. And, well, there goes Donald again. Right. Like, well, it's the same joke over and over. But what else are you going to do with Donald Duck? Yeah. So. Stop making excuses for him. That's what we're going to do. Like, hold him accountable. <laughs> Donald for his, Duck learns a lesson yeah. about <laughs> no means no. Yeah, he has to watch some sort of sensitivity video or something. Yeah. I don't know, but uh, yeah, that's Salvador's Amigos and Three Caballeros. We're definitely keeping them, you know, together because they they go hand in hand like this. But uh, I don't think either one of them is really a film to write home about. So I can understand why we skipped these the first time watching these in two thousand nine. I really like the song, the title song from yeah. Three Caballeros. I'd listen to that, uh, you know. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Who says so? We say so. Like that's cool. It's fun, uh, but you're right. 
Not a lot of less fun in the like two hours of film we watched. <laughs> well, as someone who's already watched the next movie in our thing, Make My Music, it's not going to get more fun. <laughs> no. uh, that's I as of the time of recording, I've yet to watch that, but I we're recording these, you know, like the same weekend, so I'll get to it and we'll see what's waiting next for us. But uh, that's that's our trip through the the Latin specials. <laughs> now we get to go to the musical specials next, I guess. Since we're not scoring them, uh, it might be sort of difficult to think of our final thoughts on this. Uh, Just a would you recommend it, I guess? Maybe if you were a Spanish teacher? Yeah. Or like an elementary teacher trying to teach about different uh, cultures or whatever? Probably Salidos more than than the Arabs. But uh, I don't know. Because there was at least something interesting about that. Caballeros outside of the main song, like, yeah, not much. I, I, the shorts were fun when we had those, but then those ended at, like, minute 20, and then we got the rest of the film, so. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think I'll be watching them again anytime no, soon. So. No, probably not. <laughs> right. I don't know. We're just trying to power through until we can get to Cinderella, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to when we get back to those. But, uh, so, up next is Make My Music. Make My Music, and then after that is Melody Time. Fun and fancy free, and then Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Right. So we got to get through those four, and then we're home free. We get a nice run after that. We get Cinderella, Alice in Wonderland, uh, I think Sleeping Beauty. When do we get Aristocats? I think it's a ways. Uh, 70s. Got a nice little run coming up. Yeah. So So you should give them all the the info on how they can... Uh, right, yeah. Well, you can find us on iTunes if you want to just search for Dudes Watch Disney, or you can find... And subscribe. It's very important that you subscribe. Subscribe is important. Leave us five-star reviews. People talk about that on podcasts. I'm sure it I'm helps. sure it means something. I still don't know how many subscribers we have. I should look that up. That would be cool. I'd really, if we had ten subscribers, yeah. I, would be, I would be very happy. Well, um, we got eight views on Dumbo, so... <laughs> yeah, but I think four of those are yeah. good. We're also on SoundCloud, uh, soundcloud.com slash dudeswatchdisney. Uh, we're on YouTube as well, which I can't tell you that URL because it's a bunch of numbers. But you can search Dudes Watch yeah, Disney. You'll find us real quick, or you can find the link to that. The links are all on our SoundCloud. Uh, we also have a Twitter, and that's at DisneyDudesPC. Uh, the PC stands for podcast. Uh, we have not been overly active on that no, yet, but we're going I to be more things, things, I think. Uh, mostly I got mad that we're not at Disney Dudes because that's owned by dogs. Dogs own Twitters now and they take names before we can fucking get them. So, fuck those dogs. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Disney Dudes PC is us. So, follow us. Maybe we'll start tweeting. I'm going to try to make Dustin do that since I'm doing all the fucking editing. So yeah. He can be social media guy. I play on Twitter most of the day anyway. Yeah. So, I feel like I, I can handle it. We that. should tweet a picture of us recording this. That could be a thing. There you go. Yeah. Let's do a live take a picture on the podcast <laughs> in your with the air turned off in your yeah. sweaty yeah. damn kitchen. <laughs> and we're almost done. We can turn it back on in a sec. Okay, come here. Oh. Okay. No, I did a thing. <laughs> Remember when I said I was good at, at the internet? Let me grab the microphone. Podcast! Yeah! Okay, and with that, we are we're gonna close things up here. So hope you enjoyed this relaxed uh, this relaxed bonus episode, and then we'll see you again for two more of these, and then we'll jump back into the real thing. So uh, signing off, I'm Jake. I'm Dustin, and this was Dudes Watch Disney. Hope you enjoyed it. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Dudes Watch Disney Podcast. Hi everyone, this is Jake here, reminding you all to like, rate, review, but most of all, subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube, so no matter which podcast venue you like to use, we're there and we're not hard to find. We also invite you to follow us on Twitter, at DisneyDudesPC. The PC stands for podcast. We also want to hear from you guys. If you have any fun childhood memories or fun stories about these films, please shoot us an email and share them with us. We'll read them out on the show. Our email address is dudeswatchdisney at gmail.com, so please send us your thoughts and join in on the discussion. For reference, the next two films we're going to cover are Cinderella and Alice in Wonderland. So if you can email us your thoughts before we sit down to record again, we'll be happy to share them with the world. Or the small portion of the world that subscribes to this podcast. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Uh, bye! Saludos. There you go. Saludos. 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 You know I'm totally going to include that now, right? Saludos. I can change it from Spain to Mexico to Argentina. Saludos. 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 Buffalo, 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 buffalo. Saludos. Yeah. Saludos, amigos. Caballeros. Lopes 3.